This is Series 3, Episode 6 of Encounter Points. Well, Bill Schmidt, it is a pleasure to be socially distant from you. <laughs> That's what people have always told me. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> but it's very good to uh, be seen and heard uh, by you and to be in conversation as always, regardless of geographical distance. Um, Absolutely. We're, we're, uh, like the whole world, we're, we're making do with the help of God. Well, and so we are coming to you this week. Um, from different studios, uh, different makeshift studios, as it were. I mean, right. I'm sitting in the Southbrook studios, which, to be honest, and, and this is pulling back the curtain a little bit, the Southbrook studios is actually just my home office at, at my home. But right. you, Bill, are coming to us from from Mary Schmidt's room. That's right. Yes. Uh, now that she's uh, living in Washington, D.C., after having graduated from Catholic U., uh, we have our uh, empty space here, uh, which uh, allows me to have an extra desk and some extra room for a microphone and and all of those good things. And this, of course, is all predicated on the fact that uh, the country is in lockdown, essentially, um, due right. to the uh, COVID-19 pandemic. Um, and we thought this week that what we would chat about, you know, to this point, in this series, we've been talking about a lot of documents and teaching of the church about communication and about about how we um, spread the good news, how we evangelize, how we um, even share the the joy of our faith uh, through uh, the various means of communication. And it turns out, right now, all of those theoretical conversations, the rubber has right. hit the road, as they say, because we are a church essentially. Um, in exile, in that we are deprived of the ability to gather as community and to um, to pray together and to and to do all the things that the church uh, needs to do uh, in order to celebrate our faith, we are now in a new reality. Yes, yes. And what's amazing, uh, maybe not amazing, but uh, something to be grateful for, is that the church has been through it all before in one form or another, and uh, it's uh, it, it specializes, let's say, in reality and in dealing with the full breadth and depth of reality. So uh, it continues uh, to communicate uh uh, again, with the necessary challenges of the moment, uh, if we can uh, follow its uh, models uh, and advice and guidance, uh, then we're doing okay. I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. Because this is, of course, what we have been talking about to this point. Um, right. And so now it's like, well, now we have essentially a laboratory to test the theories, right? Yeah. Um, we've discovered, I think, over these last few weeks, new forms of community life, new forms of celebration as as a church. Um, yes. Live-streamed liturgies, um, 
brief messages of, you know, kind of fervorinos from pastors and priests on, on all of the social media channels. Um, gosh, my office, we've celebrated Zoom happy hours, you know, uh, oh, where wow. we, where uh-huh. we just, uh, get a chance to, to just chat, um, in ways that we might not had we, had we been just going to the office as normal, you know, we wouldn't feel yeah. the need to gather, um, in front of our computers with our coworkers and their families and, and just chat about whatever is, is at hand. Um, right. a friend of mine, Father Stephen Hamilton, who is a priest of the Archdiocese of Oklahoma City, I recently saw him on the, on the news because he's been doing a drive-in mass. So where they've actually set up an altar in front of the doors of the church outside, um, and people, parishioners have been able to come and park in the parking lot and watch mass take place right there. Um, and, and, you know, and Father Stephen, not, this is not an option that's available, obviously, to every parish, you know, because inner right. city parishes don't have these sorts of gathering spaces, you know, that, um, maybe, right. or, or, uh, the parking lot in, in your local parish may not be set up for this sort of thing, you know, but he talked about right. the advantages that he has and that his church was kind of built with a plaza in front of it and the parking lot all kind of faces in. So he, he was able to take advantage of the situation, but that shows the, the creative thinking that, he might not have had to think about prior to this situation, you know? That's right. That's um, right. And, and yet other parishes, I mean, I know of a parish here in town where the pastor has literally done nothing. Um, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, and has used the, the excuse, as it were, of, well, there are lots of live stream masses available online, and so people are able to get what they need. And, and, and my thought on that is, but what about your particular flock that has been yeah. used to hearing your homilies and, and has looked to you as a spiritual father and now is bereft of that leadership, is now bereft yes. of that shepherding. Um, yeah. It's an abdication of responsibility in a way. And, and I don't yeah. want to be harsh, but, um, but it reminds me of the, the church of the English recusants, you know, where the, the civil leaders, uh, have forbidden the practice of the faith because that's essentially what's happened. Um, right. The bishops have acquiesced and the faithful are left to find their own way. Wow. And, yes. and yes. there are certainly priests that are, that are doing what they can, but there are still lots and lots of us that, that have no ability to, um, to really celebrate the faith, you know, in the way in which we've become accustomed. Right. Um, and I think this desire is more than just nostalgia, but it's a reflection on the fact that ours is an incarnational faith. Ah, exactly. Yes, yes. Yeah, every every parish and diocese uh, necessarily and properly has what we've started to call a communications ecology. And that, uh, that ecology is very akin to to a family ecology where you know these are these are lifetime committed roles of uh, husband and wife uh, father and children uh, mother and children uh, etc and uh, it, it 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 just hurts and it, and it must be um, it I, I fear that it would have a long term effect on the ecology for the members of 
of such communities to, you know, have even a, 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 a time, a, a temporary time mm-hmm. of separation that's uh, so, you know, so uh, clear-cut and, um, you know, uh, geared more toward kind of, uh, you know, the technolo- uh, uh, thinking about technology and what technology is available. Because what really has to be the case is that people have to be available to each other. Yeah. Just so long as, you know, something's available technolo- technologically, that that can't be enough. And like we're saying with, with, with sacraments, uh, you know, the, the, uh, some sacraments uh, uh, might be uh, um, amenable to being assisted by technology, uh, but uh, all of the really serious communication work between people, if it's uh, like aligned with community and communion, as Pope Francis has written it should be, it all has to be kind of face-to-face and uh, person to person, uh, yeah. uh, direct, live and up close, as they would say, <laughs> up close and personal. Yeah, I think we're all learning through this, in spite of the the you know wonderful kind of all of a sudden explosion of online live stream masses and things like that. I think what we're all learning is how poor the options really have been for people like the homebound and the sick, you know? Yes. But the fundamental difference is that even the homebound and the sick have had access to Eucharistic ministers. That's right. And that is not available to us right now in this pandemic. Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. We all have to be ministering to each other at all times in whatever ways are necessary and in whatever ways are possible. Yeah. I think that kind of, uh, uh, you know, speaks to your kind of, pointing out is that technology can assist but not replace the the person-to-person contact of the sacraments themselves that's right yeah the technology is not the is not the ministry and that too is uh in line with so many things pope francis has said where you know we turn to or too many folks turn to social media for their community Mm-hmm. And that that technology is not community. It's a it's a pale uh, representation, uh, uh, and obviously a, a profit driven and uh, emotion driven um, uh, commodity uh, rather than rather than something that's real as an encounter, as an accompaniment, as a real time real life thing. Yeah, you know, a theologian friend mentioned on Twitter recently that uh, he and his family have not watched any of the online masses, but instead on Sundays have been doing a liturgy of the word together. And, Uh. and I think, you know, that's certainly awesome that they've developed a family devotion uh, that is, you know, based in, in part of what we do when we gather together on Sunday for, for mass. But at the same time, I kind of wonder what the message being sent about the centrality of the Eucharist is Ah, both to his, his children and, you know, in saying, you know, well, we've not watched any because they're, they're so, you know, so much less than what gathering for the mass is. And that's true. But at the same time, settling for just the liturgy of the word and your own homily is, um, is not what we are as Catholics. And, and, um, so I think that that is, um, something that we need to very much kind of 
be on guard against is that what effect is this going to have on the faith and the faithful going forward? Because we don't have any access to the sacraments, you know, even, even anointing of the sick in some dioceses has been forbidden because, yeah. you know, people are, are, you know, for just reason, of course, but at the same time, what is this doing to our faith? What That's is this right. doing? And it's not merely ritual. This is not a ritualistic or selfish response, which I've been accused of. I've been involved in several, you know, back and forths on, on Twitter about this, but I'm saying, no, this is actually changing the fundamental nature of the Catholic faith. It's Mm. not merely nostalgia. It's not merely a selfish desire to receive the Eucharist. How can the desire to receive the Eucharist be in any way considered selfish when we are members of the body of Christ? And he tells us and commands us, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life within you. I don't want to get all the way into that because, I mean, again, this is endless and obviously I have a soapbox and so I can stand on it and (laughs) people have to do their own podcast to respond. But that said, while some of these, you know, while these these new forms of communication and and, um, initiatives are encouraging, I think we all recognize that this is merely a stopgap measure. You know, we all long for the day when we can return to the in-person sacraments and the in-person celebration, the incarnational celebration of our faith. Very much so. Very much so. And um, the, the um, I, one thing that, that, that struck me, uh, and in fact, I learned about it by watching uh, Mass on, on EWTN uh, just last week, uh, where the, uh, for Mass they were uh, using the brand new... Um, uh, liturgical rite that had been uh, approved the week before um, uh, mass uh, in time of pandemic. Yes, and um, it, it struck me that yes, indeed, uh, uh, our church is still very much alive and uh, has to be lived and wants to be lived every day and be in dialogue. Uh, in every way with the world and with its problems and with the problems of the people of God. And so I thought that, you know, that's a, uh, the, that existence of that uh, new um, uh, right, or whatever, that mass uh, 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 is not, uh, it, it's, a, it's a meaningful um, uh, dynamic addition to, to the church and so uh, we're we're not doing the church justice by thinking of it as a as a museum or something that's archived on the on the internet or or, or whatever. It's uh, we we need to keep it alive, and the way to keep it alive is by bringing live bodies, uh, human bodies, in contact with the very present uh, body and blood of Christ. Yes, uh, that's that's the, that's that connection between communication, community, and communion. The image of Pope Francis blessing the world with the Eucharist uh, oh. on on Friday a few weeks ago uh, in an empty St. Peter's Square, yeah, um, is easily among the most memorable images of the entire pontificate. I think. Yeah. Um, 
both him walking up the steps alone as an old man, you know, yeah. walking up the steps to, to, um, the, the dais to begin prayer and then in adoration before the Eucharist in silence. Um, oh. and the litany of, of, uh, uh, in times of pandemic and, and then again, the, the blessing the world with, the, with the Eucharist. Uh, my gosh, that yeah. is a powerful, powerful image. I saw, reference today to a uh the story of a of an Italian woman who claims who mentioned in in kind of the footnotes video of of um the the prayer with the pope that she said you know to this point I've been an atheist but watching this I I truly believe in the power of Christ to save the world and yeah. you know and those are the sorts of things that's like god can draw good from all evil, from every yes. bit of evil. This, without, without, you know, the, as we sing in, in the exalted, without the necessary sin of Adam, we don't ah, gain yes. the great redeemer of Jesus Christ, right? Yeah. So God can yes. draw good from these, these evils. Um, and actually right now I'm, I'm in the process of reading, um, John Paul II's letter on, on the meaning of, uh, human suffering, Salvifici Dolores from 1983. Mm. I'm going to be mm. chatting about that on, on, uh, the radio show that I do with Deacon Harold. Um, but again, this is entirely pointing to the fact that the problem of evil, the problem of suffering, right. the only definitive answer is the actual incarnation of Jesus Christ. Jesus yes. Christ born in the flesh is our literal touch point with God. Our faith yes. is more than words. It's more than feelings. It is a person who was born of the flesh walked among us at a specific time in history and didn't merely give words from God on high, but walked among us and left us the gift of his body and blood. That's that right. That's is right. what it's all about. We did an entire series on incarnational piety. And right. it, it right. also points to how much all of this talking, even this podcast chat is still less than being together with you, Bill. It's less yes. than being together with our brothers and sisters gathered around the altar, receiving the body and blood of Christ. That's uh, what it's all about. Yeah, no, that, that's right. That's right. Uh, the, you, you, you're reminding me of the other uh, uh, very powerful symbol um, of um, Pope Francis uh, walking the uh, Via Dolorosa mm -hmm. alone, uh, and um, uh, Jesus was obviously in this uh, awesome communication with us, uh, incarnational uh, communication with us. Uh, but uh, there were times when he was very alone uh, yes. in, in that sense of, of the, on the Via Dolorosa. And there were times when, uh, many times when humankind uh, left him terribly alone, like in the Garden of Gethsemane. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, um, the one thing to to meditate is that uh, the communication must go on, and does go on, uh, even in the, <laughs> the in the presence of absence. Uh, I'm not sure if that's right, a useful right. phrase. No, that is. That is. You know, the presence of absence, where, where we're really, um, uh, it, it's and isn't it Lenten? Because yes. it's all about abstinence, in the sense that uh, 
losing losing that uh, immediate contact um, is a, a a pulling back that makes us appreciate all the more uh, the beauty of being able to come back into full contact when we finally do get to when celebrate we finally again. can end all of this uh, virus problem absolutely well bill i don't know that there's any more to say than that well yeah the only thing i'd say is that uh, you're absolutely right by um uh, citing other other documents and uh, i think it's uh, these um these experiences have have prompted both you and me to see references that we didn't see before uh, right. uh, that that can help guide us along the way, and um, uh, some of the instructional materials that we've been pointing to in past episodes, and will uh, point to in in future episodes. Uh, we kind of hope to our listeners that uh, that they won't consider that the be all and end all, because as we're living through it right now, we're seeing that. The church has been through every kind of reality, has something to say, beautiful uh, and timely to address all of those, and that we can uh, and must uh, learn learn from those. Amen. Well, we'll uh, we'll talk to you socially distantly next week. Very good. I'll I'll enjoy keeping the communication lines open between us. Thank you for joining us for this week's chat. You can subscribe to hear future episodes at our website, EncounterPoints.com. Our theme music is Leaves by Airtone, licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution License. We hope to encounter you in the next episode of EncounterPoints. Points.